Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you back for another episode of Roach Coach, creating this new metal canon one album at a time. This week, we had to call in one of the big guns, baby. A big gun. One of the big guns of new metal podcasting. That's right. That's right. Click, click, you know boom. Him. Click, click, boom. That's right. And so many others. Uh, the boom of, of uh, POD, the scatting of Jonathan Davis on Twist. You can trace all this back to this man. He's one half of the POD cast. John Cullen. Hello. Yeah. What's up, guys? Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Honored, honored to be here. Honored and perplexed to be called one of the big guns of new metal podcasting, but uh, <laughs> thrilled. Uh, thrilled to be referred to as that. I think when we started the POD cast, Brian and mine's only goal was at some point a news outlet would call us to be a new metal expert. And um, that hasn't happened yet. So we still have to, so we have to keep doing the show. You we, know what? We also have that goal. <laughs> yeah. we, we also, you know, there's all these little goals that we set for ourselves, and we thought once this happens, once blank happens, then it's sky's the limit for us. And it was like, I remember Wes Borland started following us on Instagram. We're like, Whoa. this is it, baby. This is the moment. Forget it. Forget it. Old friends, you're yes. gone. I don't need you. Wes Borland follows me. And uh, nothing really changed. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, I remember we had Will Putney on the show. And I was like, man of fire talking to me? What? Let's go, everybody. And it did the exact same numbers as when we did like the second Evanescence album. Like, there was no <laughs> difference. And I was like, all right, baby. This is fine. We're just going to keep cruising along. Who cares? Along. You just keep it's, cruising, baby. Just keep cruising. It's all good. Keep and it cruising, so, all good. baby. Yeah. But yeah, you guys have been doing, you guys have been doing the POD cast now for what, four years? Three and a half. Three yeah, and we, a half. We started in uh, September of 2019. And, is that right? Yeah, 2019. Yeah. And what I love about your guys' show is that you, you, somebody said to me, it's like, oh, but Roach Coach, you guys really do the deep dives. You guys really do the research. And I was like, no, yo, you have us confused with the POD cast. They are really doing. <laughs> we, uh, don't do the, we don't do the deep. I don't think of us as like a deep dive show. So thank you so much for saying that. Well, let me tell you, um, I've, I am a subscriber to your Patreon. Thank and you. I receive your emails where you have all of the links to all the articles that you cite. And yes. that is invaluable much, a lot of great bathroom reading to those lists let me tell thank you thank you well that was it was funny because we'd been doing that really from episode one like that was a segment that when we came up with the show and we were trying to figure out what the show would look like i said to brian i was like i think we gotta like part of the show has to be looking up like interviews from the time period because you know there's all these like oral histories and retrospectives and we do do some of, we cover some of those on the show also but it's not we don't quite you know we try to avoid those like the best is when you can get an interview from right in the time period when the artist was on the top of the world or maybe the middle or bottom of the world <laughs> uh but like it yeah it, 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 i knew that that would be like a fun part of the show and it's ended up being like a really i think crucial and and you know, exciting part of the show for the listeners. But for some reason, it took me like 30 episodes before I thought to myself, hey, you know what? People might like the articles that we discuss in just like an itemized list. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how that never occurred to me until I think we, it might've even been after episode 30 because we just did, 
42 comes out this month and I think we've only been doing it for less than a year. So yeah, like it was over 30 episodes and I was like, oh, maybe I should just copy these all down somewhere. And I remember you DM'd me and you were like, this is a, this is cool that you guys are doing this article thing now. Good to know that it's uh, toilet reading for you. Cause I think that's really where it belongs. It belongs Absolutely. to be read on the toilet for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was enjoying reading that interview with uh, Deuce uh, from uh, from Hollywood, Hollywood Undead. Undead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was, wow, what a guy. Yeah, you guys have been doing a great job now. For, and now, I will say, credit where it's due, one episode a month. I think that's why you look so youthful, I will say. <laughs> because, I mean, we did... Bad. What did we do? Four year, four years where we were doing an episode a week. Yeah, four years where we were doing. So this is year six of Roach Coach. This is, this is year seven. Oh, wow. So we just completed our six year wow. Roach Coach. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And Jenny's daughter, I think, is turning two. Right. I believe you're correct. Yes. So yeah, that, that would mean. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that would mean. Yeah, we did five years of an ep- of an an album every week, and then. Yeah, we turned it off when the baby was about two, three months old, and Jenny was. Are like, you guys every two weeks now? Well, no, we um we do a who's tweeting. We split up our mailbag. Okay, segment we turned we us into to be- how did this get made in the release yeah. cadence. It's like we do album. Hey, let's check the mailbag. Album mailbag. Yeah, and uh, on top of I mean you know there are so many fests going on oh and my God. people. People have told us, I mean, unless I hear otherwise, people love just me and Matt listing bands that are playing fests. Like, we can just <laughs> fill a half an hour just being like, fire from the Who's gods. Who's on this one? What's going on? Cold? Sonic well, Temple? Did you see yeah. Wes Borland just released Limp Biscuit headlining a fest? I saw that. I yeah. saw that. It's. I, I was going to save that for who's tweeting coming yeah, out. Save but, it. Save yeah. it. Brian sent, that, Brian sent that lineup to me, though. Uh, it's nuts. So it's nuts. It, it, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm not it's going weird. It's like but... an interesting sort of mix of new metal. And I'm actually surprised more fests don't do this where it's like kind of a smart mix of new metal with like screamo. Cause I, I talk about this in the POD cast a lot, but that was sort of my pipeline was, I was like the new metal to screamo pipeline. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people were in that same pipeline and it feels like there are not a lot of festivals. It's either like all new metal bands or like one new metal band on a sort of quasi indie festival. And to me, this seems like or or it'll be new metal bands on a like a heavy metal festival, which like, right. I never I never got into to heavy metal or any of those. So for this, you know, when you're talking about like you got Slipknot and Bush on the same mm-hmm. day, like now. Now you're speaking my language. That is like, it's like about time or like Pantera and uh, Under Oath or no, Limp Biscuit and Limp Biscuit and P.O.D. And then and then Coal Chamber. I mean, that's great, too. Sorry. Yeah. Pantera and Under Oath on the same day. I mean, again, that's like now now we're getting into where I would love to see these sort of festivals. go. I get you because that's kind of the sweet spot, because I think there is a clear divergence in fandom based on age where like. If you were in college or a little bit older, but like new metal, you probably liked metal as well. Whereas yeah. it's like if you were in high school, you might have liked screamo later, hip hop earlier, and then oh shit, this new metal's got scratching that itch. <laughs> For sure. 
Yeah. Uh, before we get to the album, which we have not even mentioned yet, what I else? Want to know, we're doing an album. What album? We're doing, we're doing an album. Cares. We're doing an album. But whatever. I Let's wanted do an to album, know. Baby. Yeah, I, I wanted to know what al- uh, what you made of the fact that corns at Bonnaroo this year. Yeah. See, like that's the thing is it's like you do see festivals where they're just like I don't know new metal resurgence that's happening. I guess sick new world sold out. Sure, we can put corn on our festival i mean i'll say this i think bonnaroo is the is a better fit like i think if you saw corn on the poster for coachella then maybe then maybe we're kind of like okay okay do we need do we need corn at coachella i'm not so sure bonnaroo though i think has that sort of established pardon me sort of you could see anybody here you know (laughs) Like you, you could see a hip hop headliner. You could see an indie headliner. You could see an EDM headliner. You could see Corn. Head, like Bonnaroo has that sort of established. Like now nah, we're just like kind of a bunch of hippies, and we'll just throw a bunch of stuff on here, and you'll probably like it. So I don't, I don't have a huge issue with it. I mean, I think it's mm. cool. I, I think like, I think all of these bands deserve it. Honestly, I think they deserve this victory lap. I think they, mm-hmm. they got shit on for a long time. And I think the ones that are still around doing it uh, deserve the victory lap and the cash. To be quite honest with you, I'm sure Bonnaroo is a nice paycheck. So, oh yeah, you know, get 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 that bag. You know, I'm yeah, I have no problem with it. Yeah, I mean, plus all those guys in corn, you know, they got kids. They got to put food in their families. They got to so. put that food on their family. They got to. Yeah, the only gotta. issue I have is that the only band I ever think when I hear the words Bonnaroo is Umphreys McGee. Like that's the band I think of just weird jam bands that i will try to avoid for the rest i don't even know if that's what umphrey mcgee plays but like <laughs> that's the assumption but i could kind of see what you're saying where it's just like eh, it's freewheeling whatever goes and yeah give yes. give corn the brass ring for a minute let them have a free ride they've Absolutely. certainly I think earned too, it too with with corn and limp biscuit in particular they have hits like they mm-hmm. have hits that is true so mm-hmm. you know like you could be a festival goer that is like, well, I don't really know corn, but fuck, I'd love to see Freak on a Leash. I'd love to see that played. You know, mm-hmm. they just want to play Freak on a Leash. I'm down, you know, and uh, and then blind the hits with- and you're like, yeah, oh, shit, Whoa. I forgot about blind. Holy fuck, my life rocks. Uh, and then it's the same with Limp Bizkit, right? It's like people would love to hear break stuff and Nookie and behind blue eyes probably <laughs> weirdly but <laughs> brian and i literally just recorded an episode last night where we were looking at the number of spotify streams for deftones in comparison to corn and limp biscuit and behind blue eyes shockingly very high in the uh streaming catalog of limp biscuit so yeah it blows th- those, my mind yeah there's always some weird song where you're just like that's the most popular song how did yes. that happen corn I- second most is coming undone which oh. i was like that's crazy to me I every time I've seen Corn since twenty God twenty seventeen they've played they played Coming Undone every time Coming Undone like, basically is like one of their yeah and people are hype they're like yes finally it's happening so wow that's so interesting I mean, to me yeah so but and that's also because that's a not that's a uh, that's from an album without head on it I think that's the only yeah see you on not, the other side yeah yeah I think that's the only not head single that still is in rotation in their set list i don't think they have any Prob- other ones probably yeah. yeah oh twisted transistor 
Twisted I think they would probably probably still play. I mean, I don't know. I haven't. I've never seen Corn. It's one of like one of the great failings of my life. But. You gotta see Corn. You gotta yeah, see Corn. I know they deliver. They deliver. They do. And I I'm happy because I know like we were talking uh, before we started recording about Charlie XCX and her sort of bizarre set listing. And I know Corn used to play some pretty fucked up set lists. They used to play some weird ass. Like, I know because Brian talks about it, and he said finally the last time he saw Korn, they're sort of embracing that they're, like, a greatest hits band now. Because it seems like before that, they weren't really. It was like, whatever our new album is, we're playing eight songs off of that thing, and you're going to only get one of Freak on a Leash and Got the Life, and you're going to like it. And now yeah. they're and now they're like, ah, whatever. We're an arena act. People don't want to hear songs off of Requiem. We'll play one, and who cares? Yeah, it seems like when Head came back the shift was they went from like they're still obviously putting records out but they were like okay we have people are going to come to see us and they're going to want to hear the hits and we're going to give you like because i think i saw them on the tour for yeah i saw them on the tour for serenity of suffering and i'm pretty sure they played two songs from that yeah and that which was is the great album. that's yeah. great that's yeah. what people want and yeah. that's probably what you want as a band you still want to play a couple of those songs and sure yeah. i'll yeah. i'll entertain that but yeah i don't I never understand a, a legacy band like that not doing that. So I, now that they're doing that, I, I definitely I, I got to see them. They just they don't come to Canada very often, and they never have. Like their whole career, they just really avoided playing Canada that much, and so it's just been it's it's tough. It's tough to see them. I mean, my only question on that is like, what'd you guys do to Corn? That's a great question. I think some some bands are just afraid of the border. And, like, mm. it's really interesting to see, because speaking of Screamo, we don't have to get too into the woods on this, but, like, a lot of those Screamo, Emo, Warp Tour bands never played Canada. Like, never. Mm. And now that some of them are in that sort of anniversary reunion phase of their career, they're, like, reaping what they've sown because they're they come here and no one is there. Like, I saw Thursday was here, uh, like, six months ago, playing Full Collapse in its entirety. Like one Holy of the best, shit. One of the best albums of that genre. And they originally had the show in a 1,200-cap venue. They moved it to a 400-cap venue, and there was, like, 80 people there. Wow. And it was, like, Thursday never played here, not on Warp Tour. Like, almost never. Maybe once in the whole time I lived here. So it's, like... You just reap what you sow on that, apparently. Like, if you just didn't build, like, a live show community here. It was the same thing with the early November. I saw them here in a 250-cap venue, and there was, like, 20 people there. Now, granted, it was an amazing show, and the 20 people were so into it, and so was the band, because everybody was so into it. But it was like, they even said on stage, they're like, yeah, I don't think we've been to Vancouver in 11 years. And then I think someone in the crowd was like, uh, 13. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just I know. Like, yeah, if you don't come here then that's what happens it's crazy that is yeah. crazy yeah it's very that's much wild. out of sight out of mind for for bands it's like i either follow you to the point i can't follow you anymore or i followed you you came here enough that i love you and then you kind of took the hiatus i moved on to other things and now i have nostalgia for you and i remember the good times i had at the shows and if i don't have that I'm not going to come and see you. Like, why? Yeah. Why at 
20 years plus the album that you released <laughs> now's the time for me to be like ah oh, got to get in on that thursday concert yeah got to <laughs> see them live uh, this is the this is my finally my chance <laughs> finally my chance for an album i have no connection to <laughs> totally totally and i mean i was lucky enough like i saw them in their prime in seattle like i live in vancouver but i grew up in a border town i mean vancouver's close enough to seattle anyway but i grew up literally right on the border so Seattle was only like an hour and a half for me. So I would, so, you know, I went to Seattle a lot, saw Thursday in their prime. So for me, it was like full collapse, full album, let's go. But yeah, it's, it's clear that, you know, not playing here affected them. And yeah, Corn's like that too. I, I could not tell you the last time Corn was in Vancouver. It certainly was, they never were here in the 2010s. No chance. So the, probably the last time was, yeah, like maybe 06 or something like that, 07. I wonder if there's that. a drug thing. Well, that sometimes it is that, that they know they can't get over the border, but often they'll find a way around that. Like early November, their bassist couldn't get over the border, so they just had their guitar tech play bass for that show. And so usually wow. they, they will find out, but sometimes it is like the whole band can't get over the border or whatever. Wow. Um, final, anyway. final Canada thing before we go, Drake, eh? What a guy! What, what a guy! guy what, a, what a guy! What a guy! What a oh crazy! God. What a crazy! Putting guy. you on the map. Thank God. What? Thank God. Someone did. Thank God. Someone. What a just ethnocentric point of view I have. Oh, thank God for that. Drake wouldn't know anything about Canada without it. Yeah. When he rolled in, it was the best I ever had. What? What's this? Canada? Tell me yeah. more. We yeah. certainly yeah. didn't grow up in border towns. Yeah, I thought they only. I thought they only spoke French in Canada. This is so the rapping's not French. Yeah, that that's was very, very surprising. That's very surprising. Very oh, I remember like. We do a, uh, on my other pod, Block Party, we do a show called the Canadian Education Program for Foreign Podcasters, where we bring on Americans and teach them about something Canadian. And then at the end of the show, we do a Canadian quiz. And it is actually, like, totally baffling to me how little you guys know about Canada. Um, maybe if not there's YouTube, a beachcomber section. you guys section. specifically. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah I would say grew up we, in Detroit, but we, yeah. we know a little bit more. We know about, let's see, Matt. We know about Sloan. Yeah. We yeah. know about the Tragically Hip. Yep. Great. We know about CBC. Oh, yeah. Great. We know we about. We can name Kids, usually Kids more than one prime minister. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh. So if you need a can Jean you, can Chrétien. You name, can you name two prime ministers that are not our current prime minister? Jean Chrétien. Yeah. Paul Mulroney. Oh, Paul Mulroney, wrong, but Paul, it is Paul. No, other no, way no around. Pause. No, Mulroney, Paul, Bri Brian Mulroney, Brian. Uh, it's not Paul. so Damn close. It. Paul Martin is who you're thinking of. Yeah, but he was only the PM for not that long. And then, not Justin, just Trudeau, because when the CBC did that miniseries on him, it was just Trudeau. <laughs> yes. Well, that was his dad, right? Pierre yes. Trudeau. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Great times. I mean, it's a great, it is a great country, but yeah, we did the first Canadian quiz we did. I was like, okay, so we, I do six questions, too easy, too medium, too hard, easier design for like, I feel like any American could get it. So first mm -hmm. episode, first question, what is the capital of Canada? And our guest, I won't put them on blast, did not know what the capital of Canada was. And I was like, okay, well, we're going to have a problem here. <laughs> I'm right now racking my brain. I'm not, I'm <laughs> not sure if I, 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 I don't know. Matt, do you know? It's big old Canada. <laughs> wow, you guys actually I, don't know the capital of I, Canada? I want to say, oh, this is so bad. Is it Ottawa? It is that Ottawa. Was my, yeah. that, that was my you first thought, it, yeah. but then it was like, yes, Ottawa, 
Ontario. Ontario. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because a lot of people think it's Toronto because it's, it is. Yeah. A, it is a little confusing because Toronto is the capital of Ontario, but Ottawa is the capital of Canada. Mm. So it does get a little bit confusing. But there can you is. name any other provincial capital? Um. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know. It's good to know what know. you don't know. You know, I do honest. have. I'm going to grab a book off my shelf because I do have one other thing I want to mention. Now we're in the Canada oh, shit. Now we're in that d- deep Prince Edward Island. Uh, so I've read multiple books by Canadian comic strip artist Chester oh. Brown. Okay. Yes, I've read. Well, I have. I have Pain for It here, which is his very weird. Um, it's a comic strip memoir about being a John, and he makes his his case for prostitution. And uh, then he did one that was the history of God, Louis. I can't (laughs) Louis Riel. Yes. Louis Riel. And he did. (laughs) And I learned, well, I learned when I was reading it, I was like, Oh wow, this is a crazy history of Canada. I had no idea. The red river rebellion. Yeah. All of that stuff. So I, I have that, uh, connection to Canada. Um, That's good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've seen. I don't know, like the first five, six seasons of Degrassi: The Next Generation, maybe more than that. It's all. It's all you need. Um, and uh, and in uh, 2007, I went to Toronto to see Daft Punk on the Alive 2007 Alive tour. tour. One of the and biggest regrets of my life that I didn't go to that. What was really funny was we went there and we knew it was going to be in a uh, an airplane hangar. So we're like, yeah. there's going to be like, what, like 200,000 people there or something like that. This has got to be the event of events in Toronto, Canada. So we're at the mall and they're like, oh, you're from the U.S. What brings you to Toronto? And we're like, oh, we're seeing Daft Punk at the airplane hangar. And the lady goes, who? And we're like, Daft Punk, uh, you know, one more time, you know, what? and they were like, not familiar. Sorry. And I was like, okay, all right, weird. We go to a restaurant. Oh, you're from, what are you doing in town? Oh, we're seeing Daft Punk at the airplane hangar. Not familiar. Sorry, I don't know that band. I'm like, and that happened. no Daft Punk in Canada. I would like well, to Well, I can tell you that they did. In 2007, <laughs> they I, they were my, I might as well say, I'm, I'm seeing, I might as well see in early November, man. They didn't know who they were. Like, it was, yeah. And then we were like, is it, is anyone going to be there? Are we crazy? And then we got there and it was literally, you know, it's packed to the gills. Of course, of so, course. Yeah. We know, we um, have that, we have Daft Punk here. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we do we do have Daft Punk. Yeah. Uh, well, perfect, perfect. We know all about Canada now. Thank there you, you so much for You're that, welcome. John. Um, and now it's time to talk about the album of the week. It's a band. Their name is SR Seventy One, and the album is called Tomorrow. Uh, John, do you happen to know when this album came out? Uh, yes, I do. It came out in two thousand and two. Do you have a specific date? Oh, that's a good question. Let me pull it up. Oh, yes, I do. October 22nd, 2002, nine days before my 17th birthday. Rock on. Wow. Unfortunately, if this is a new metal record, that would be a come down. Indeed, a come down. John, we'll start with you. Do you have any history with SR-71? I have no history with SR-71 at all. I You sent me a list of five albums with which I could choose from. And I just thought, you know what? Why not pick the band out of this list that I have never heard of before? And I looked them up and it said they were kind of like pop punk, which I always liked as a genre, probably more than a lot of new metal commentators. So I was like, you know what? Done. And I'll say this. 
I'm glad I did because this is this album is. I'll say I I'm glad that you guys are gonna do separate episodes with me and Brian, but I do wish Brian heard this album because this <laughs> is like this is a very POD cast album. There's a lot of there's a lot of things surrounding this that um, that I'm excited to sink our teeth into. I would say. Um, perfect, Matt. Any history with SR seventy one? No. I, when I see this logo, it reminds me of the Phoenix TX logo, and it makes me think that this is a pop punk band. Like I. I would never have guessed we would be doing this album on this show based on logo uh, logo alone. I mean, yeah, because when you're dealing with a lot of new metal logos, um, there's a lot of dripping. Yeah. There's a lot of jaggedness. Totally. Um, a lot of scrawls. The, the SR-71 looks like it was designed by a design team. Yeah, perhaps. too clean. It's too yeah, clean. Too clean. Yeah. Even though this one has a little bit on the album cover here, a little bit of it, – it's a little – degraded a little scraped like things yes. are a little more twisted on this record almost like a almost like a pavement on the one like cracked mm, pavement it kind of looks like we've got here absolutely yeah. uh so for me sr 71 was a band that i was aware of when uh, my freshman year of college when their first album came out called now you see inside which had um the uh what was that song uh shit I it's right something right right, right now right, right now, now right now right now was the single right now right now right now right now is the single and it, it was played we had in my college uh uh cafeteria they had these tvs that showed college i forget what it was called it was like co mu college music or something they got bought by mtv at some point during the time period i remember that channel yes yeah. we had yes. that as well and they just ran music videos the whole time. And for me, I was like, this is the best college yeah, that plays music videos. Sick. It was awesome. And so you'd roll in there, and it wasn't just like the normal stuff. There'd be, it wouldn't just be like TRL stuff. They would play indie stuff. I remember one time going in there, they're playing Ben Folds 5 uh, Army. I was like, great, perfect, right up my alley. Uh, and then they play like Orgy Optagon. I was like, they're playing it all in this place, you know? And uh, I remember that this got a lot of play. And this, uh, the, the, the Right Now song, and I remember that that was part of this early 2000s pop punk, pop rock thing that was like them, American Hi-Fi, Weedus, those are like the big ones I can think of. Yeah, that sound there. When and I was when I was listening to this, it sounded a lot to me like All American Rejects. Yes! I would say also in that sort mm -hmm. of, uh, that kind of vein of like... Brian and I talk about this on POD cast, but Disturbed have this thing where they're like ostensibly a heavy band, but then they're, especially on their early records, the guitars are very compressed. So it doesn't actually sound that heavy. It's like it, they're, it's ostensibly heavy, but it's not really. It's like designed so that if you heard it on the radio, you wouldn't be like, Jesus Christ. And right. this is like, this band is that version, but for this sort of like college rock pop punk type thing and and i think all of those bands are like that it's like the guitars are just compressed to shit the drums are flat as fuck it's just designed to like yeah if you hear it on a college rock station it doesn't like whoa wh what is this rock and roll business <laughs> and so uh they came out of this record get the dean <laughs> someone call someone call the dean call the they're dean. playing this while i'm trying to eat my lunch in the cafeteria on the college music radio network <laughs> the music oh you know another band that fit into this was that nine days the story of a girl band oh yes. yeah yes, yes. I, was it were they Big called time. nine days i don't even <laughs> they remember. are now I don't remember. 
They yeah, are now, know. baby. Yeah, plain so. white tees would have been in there too. Ooh, I, I, yeah. think, I think plain white tee. Were they in later? Was it Halo? They're Delano a little later, like but a similar, okay. similar, like Kinda, to me, like their early stuff, like that similar mm. kind of early tees. What was the band that um, Travi McCoy was in too? Um, Ooh, Gym Class Heroes. Yes, yep. that's mm-hmm. another one too. Big one there. Mm-hmm. So coming out of that era, you had a couple ways that you could go as this kind of band. With something like American Hi-Fi, which was a band that I really liked their first album. That album I thought was like a front-to-back player in 2000 for me. They then went into a very much, they like doubled down on the poppy punk. And I remember like their second album, like everyone was like, this is like too wimpy. Like this record should be stronger based on the rock bona fides of their first record. And then something like Weedus, I think they just kind of went away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in some of these other bands, it's just sort of, you know, but in the case of SR71, and the reason that we're doing this album is that someone had recommended us, they said, you know, these guys went new metal for the second record. And I was like, no shit. SR71? What? Those guys? And uh, indeed, on the Wikipedia, the uh, genre tags are alternative rock, pop punk, and new metal. And uh, the description of this album says that, um, that he was trying... He's trying for something a little harder with this record. Um, <laughs> I'm a, you know, it's always trouble when That's you're trying. That's my reaction. Yeah. It's yeah. always trouble when you're trying for something harder. He's trying for something harder. And so. Um, Especially in 2002. Not mm-hmm. the right year. Not the right year to get harder. Yeah. And so this record was not successful, um, <laughs> did not do well. Um, peaked on the charts at 138. I felt one of the most damning things about it is that uh, on the Wikipedia, anyone who knows Wikipedia.com knows that when you go over to it, they'll have professional ratings and they'll list a bunch of reviews and then they'll have the links where you can go to those reviews. All of the positive reviews for this album are dead links (laughs) and all the negative (laughs) reviews are still hot as hell, baby. And you go right in. And so um, there was a review that I sent to you, uh, John, that you really liked from punknews.org, and it's written by just Megan. Megan. And Megan gave this album, out of five stars, a half star. Holy shit. John, do you want to hit us with some highlights from this review? Let me. Yes, I'm just looking it up right now on my phone because you sent me the link. Okay, here we go. Yes, I did. I loved it. Megan, I'll say this too. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get into the lyrical content, but I, I will say that the correlation between this reviewer, likely based on the name being a femme, uh, hating this album, Makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we go. This is, uh, I, I love, this is just a great first line. SR71 second disc tomorrow is irritating. <laughs> that's a great way to start because you don't often in a music review hear the word irritating. So that's mm-hmm. a, immediately like a great word. The songs bounce between egotistical and feeling defeated with nothing in the middle. The CD opens with the line, I can be as humble as the next guy. That's just a flat-out lie. <laughs> Megan, go. Megan's go in, going Megan. in. Go for it, Megan. I know I'm supposed to pick highlights, but this whole first paragraph is just great, so I'm going to keep going. Lead singer Mitch Allen proceeds to inform the listener, I'm what you've always wanted, in the same song titled They All Fall Down. 
Maybe he is what you've always wanted if what you've always wanted was unoriginal, radio-friendly, alternative rock. <laughs> Bam! Boom. Just, just popping. And then this is just like, I love this too, because she's, she's already, we're only three paragraphs in, she's already run out of words to describe how she doesn't like it. Truth exposes Alan's typical vocal procession, slow to angry to melodic, then repeat. This song is just boring. The so guitar sound is cutting, but this song is nothing new. Great. Love that. And uh, this, I mean, yeah, she gets in more. And then this is the, uh, then we'll finish off with the end. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The closing track, Non-Toxic, was on their debut and it should have stayed there, untainted by the garbage of SR-71's second effort. Please don't bother buying this CD. If you really want to waste 10 to $15, just give it to me and I'll put it in the Megan Needs to Pay for Her Car Fund. Megan, you got him. I love you, Megan. Wherever you are, wherever if you're you are, this I love you, Megan. You that's that's the ultimate, Matt. I would say we've done a lot of reviews on this show. Sure have. That's that's a top tier Gotham review. Oh yeah, like straight down, right in the sweet spot. Tip of the hat to Megan. Come on, yeah. Two thousand two's eviscerating review from I Megan. Love it. I love Tr it. Truly amazing. We should get a little bit into the technical of this album, the technical parts. This was produced by a bunch of guys, Neil Avron, Butch Walker, David Bendeth, and singer-guitarist Mitch Allen. Neil Avron, I know him from his work with uh, Fall Out Boy. Uh, Butch Walker, has I know him from his work with Everyone Who's Ever Lived. I feel like Butch Walker's produced everyone. Uh, he has some really good solo records and some solo records that I'd rather never hear again. Like, he's really all over the place. But his hardcore fans, I know some hardcore fans who, like, I will die for Butch Walker. I will do whatever he wants me to do. But I find his his production output to be, I mean, he did, Neil Avron did all of the pre-hiatus Fall Out Boy records. And Butch Walker's done all of the post and... Us Fallout Boy fans are really dealing with it with those post hiatus ones. Uh, so Butch Walker can, you know, and I think also Butch Walker did some of the later era uh, Green Day records that no one likes. So I think so. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Yeah, but I, I will vouch Butch Walker uh, letters. That's a really good album. And I actually saw Butch Walker open for Avril Lavigne. Whoa. In 2004, yeah. Canadian cool. connection once again, baby. Napanee, Ontario. Brian and I somehow covered that on the POD. I guys. saw that. I haven't listened to that episode yet because I was curious. I'm like, oh, Avril. Okay. It was fun. It was fun. I mean, it won a poll. So, I mean, the thing is, the thing with the POD cast is every album is voted on. So, if you have a problem, talk to your fellow listener. That uh, is that is very bold, you know, to put it in the listener's hands like that. Um, the trust is, is it's stupid. next level. Yeah. yeah. Um, Butch Walker know. has produced Green Day. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, Avril, no Av Avril Lavigne, uh, Seven Dust, American Hi-Fi that you previously brought up, Hot Hot Heat, Adam Lambert, Matchbox 20, Train, The Wallflowers, The All-American Rejects, who we brought up before, Weezer, Fallout Boy. So, yeah, he's in that uh, in that sphere. Uh, you know, I will say the second All-American Rejects record, Move Along, that's an excellent album. That's 
they I'll fucking nailed for it. They fucking nailed it on that one, let me tell you. So this record, um, yeah, not successful, but lots of producers on it. Uh, the most interesting thing I found out about Mitch Allen is that after this record, the band basically ends the bassist. Uh, ja- oh, yeah. Yeah. We should talk about who's in the band. In SR71 on this album, you've got Mitch Allen on vocals and rhythm guitar. you got Jeff Reed on bass and backing vocals. John Allen on drums and backing vocals. And Mark Beauchemin. On lead Bosh- guitar, Bo- Boshaman. Boshaman yeah, on lead allow, guitar. Allow me to fill oh, in for you on please. The thank you, thank you. Uh, lead guitar, backing vocals. After the record was complete, Jeff Reed had to leave the band for medical reasons, and then he was diagnosed with lung cancer, and he did pass away in June of two thousand four. Very sad. So thanks, yeah, so- Megan. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Put it back on Megan. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is odd. It's the sort of Damocles is not easy. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. Heavy so, is that? Uh, that wears the crown, Megan. True. <laughs> so Mitch Allen comes out of this, and he's like, "Man, uh, I don't. I guess there's no more SR seventy one. Finds a second career as a producer and songwriter for other artists, and gives." A band called Bowling for Soup, a song called 1985 that he'd already written for SR71. And as we all know, that became a top five hit, certified platinum, and it holds the record, this is according to Wikipedia, the record for the most iTunes downloads in a single week at the time. Unbelievable. I don't know if you guys know this, but the lead singer of Bowling for Soup died in a Murphy bed. Wait, what? No. No, what? It's a, it was a very famous viral tweet by our friend uh, Michael Hale, who is at Dog Boner. He just <laughs> randomly had a tweet. Just one day he's like, uh, I regret to inform you the Bowling for Soup lead singer died in a Murphy bed. And then people thought it was real and like punk news <laughs> outlets were reporting that the lead singer of Bowling for Soup died in a Murphy bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then the lead singer blocked him on Twitter. It's oh, like big surprise. Blocks. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know what? I'm not going to put that one on Megan. Um, <laughs> wow. So so then I found that basically he's had, uh, Mitch Allen's had uh, a great success as a songwriter for other artists. According to his Wikipedia, this is who he's been working with. Demi Lovato, Third Eye Blind, Miley Cyrus, Jason Derulo, Pitbull, Fifth Harmony, Kelly Clarkson, Simple Plan, Faith Hill, Selena Gomez, Jonas Brothers, Joe Cocker. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing this fact to me. Yes. Because these songs are not good. mm -mm. These are not well... Like, you listen to the Semisonic record, and you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, closing time, one-hit wonder, whatever, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of very well-crafted songs in that record, and it makes perfect sense that that guy went on to like a great career as a songwriter. Yeah. You listen to these SR71 records, and you're like, what? Mm -hmm. How? Mm -hmm. How did that happen? I believe, I truly believe there is a level of like interpretation and... Like, honestly, I think, and we'll get into this as we get into these songs. I promise you we'll get into these songs. That some of these songs, I'm like, if this was handled by Demi Lovato, Hilary Duff, Lilix. Oh, there's another Canadian. How, how, how are you on Lilix? 
Very good. Very good. Love uh, Lilix. Love Louise Lilix. Burns, the bass player from Lilix, is mm-hmm. now a solo artist and has some very, very good songs. I don't know mm. if you're I don't know if you're familiar, but I, I can I see do, you being into her, yeah. I, I do follow her on Instagram. I don't know I think I listened to a a couple albums ago. She's got a couple, right? At this point. She does yeah. have a couple. So her most recent one was very poppy and I didn't mm-hmm. love it, but the one before that was sort of like an indie rock, like a sort of dark indie rock thing, and it was very mm. good. Okay, yeah, no, I'm very deep in Lilix. I bought I bought into the hollow on import wow. because I had to have it. Like I was like, if I'm gonna get these bonus tracks and it's not on streaming, so I had to I had to get a physical. You had to. Had wow. to. Yeah. And Lilix. Uh, and that's Lil- yeah. that's a big pull. Yeah. And then I basically was following all the band members on Instagram and then at a certain point, like they all became just like like one of them's like a real estate agent now and then Another one became like a born again Christian, and then I think one of them gave and because it's the sisters basically, yeah. and they gave like an interview about like what happened with the band, and they were like literally we were priced out of even being in music, like the cost of all this stuff, like they still owe their record label like ten grand or something like that that they're still Holy paying out. Shit. Yeah, yeah. They said they got they really got screwed on their on their contract, and then their second album was supposed to be. Like this, their the guy who produced their second album was the guy who produced um, the Killers' Hot Fuss, and so they thought like, okay, we're we're going big time with this one, and then it never even got a, a U.S. release. So mm-hmm. I only found out about it from uh, you guys. Remember Stylus.com, Stylus yep. Magazine? Yes, they used to do a rundown of like cool teen pop, pop punk stuff that you haven't heard, and they're like, yeah, this is Lilix record. But it never came out here, and I remember having to pull it off of like LimeWire or something. That's how I had it. I, had, I was living off of LimeWire MP3s for a long time before I got a physical copy. Hmm. But anyway, but that's those are the type of bands, the type of singers I think that Mitch's music. Because I'm going through here, and I mean, like the last uh, the last couple of years for Demi Lovato, he's like her vocal coach and vocal producer. I guess when she's like putting a song together and putting an arrangement together, Mitch Allen's like in the room being like, sing it like this. He's, he did nearly every song on her dancing with the devil album. And then he did three songs on, um, on her Holy fuck album from last year. He is, works with Avril Lavigne on a regular basis. He was the vocal producer on Third Eye Blind's Screamer album, so he was in the room with the Jenks saying, sing it like this, don't sing it like that. <laughs> I bet that went well. I mean, honestly, after this interview that we're going to get to, I mean, those two, those two egos in the room? Maybe wow. they actually, like, connect. Maybe, the- like, maybe Mitch Allen is, like, the only guy Stephen Jenkins respects. <laughs> entirely possible entirely possible which i could see it yeah um and yeah it's just yeah so he's made i mean honestly i looked at this i was like mitch allen's got a really nice house he's got to be oh he's got a career i mean if you're if you're writing songs for demi lovato you're rich yeah Yeah, he's got a yeah i mean plus i mean like i'm looking at this he did pitbull featuring featuring stephen marley options he wrote that song i've never heard of it but he wrote it (laughs) Um, it's and nuts. Uh, that's nuts. Yeah. If you have even like five points on a Pitbull song, mm-hmm. you're, you're in good shape. You're in oh. great shape. Oh, apparently he wrote the Jason Derulo song, Want to Want Me, Jason which I Derulo. definitely have heard that song. And that that is a very successful song. So he's, yeah, he definitely, yeah, if he's got points on that one, if he wrote it, then oh my God. Yeah, he's he's yeah. got to be rolling with it. Yeah, and you can just scroll through. So he's been doing this for the last decade plus. So there's like no reason for him to really get us no. our 71 back together that's what he did after this record uh did not do well he did do an interview that we found on metalsludge.tv matt that's one of your favorite websites right oh yeah easily top 50 
Yeah, okay, yeah. So we're going to get to this interview, but I really do believe we should dip into these songs. So, Matt, what do we got to kick it all off? Oh, number one with the bullet is they all fall down. John, how'd you feel about this song when you heard it well, for the first time? Well, <laughs> I didn't uh, di- uh, bad. I think <laughs> mostly I felt bad. I- I'll say I'll say it's a um, the music is fine. Like it's not you know it's not great, but you can get into the yeah yeah. Like it's you know it's catchy whatever. But it is it, I'll say this a very rare breed of sort of breakup song or I want you back song or whatever. Because usually these types of songs, it's like, you know, oh, this is what you're missing out on. Like, I'm a nice guy. He's a bad guy. I would do X for you. This guy won't do this for you, whatever. And this song is basically like, I'm good at laying pipe. (laughs) You should be with me because I will fucking bring you the dick. And that is, from what I understand about heterosexual relationships... Not exactly a selling point for most women. They're not like, oh, you're going to fuck me good? Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll, I will break up with my boyfriend. Future secure. Yeah, I'll get right. I'll get right on that. You know who's usually good at laying pipe? Guys who write songs about it. <laughs> Horrible. Um, I, so yeah, John. I know you. Uh, you're you're a newlywed, right? You got married I last am. year. Yeah. I so Thank you're you. telling me that you did not include any of the lyrics so they all fall down in your vows. <laughs> well, no, she hasn't cheated on me yet. I mean, this is like you know, because yeah. I think that's the, that's the sort of I think concept we get throughout this album, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a girl has cheated on him, or a girl is they've broken up and now she's with a new man and he's trying to be like, hey, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, I did not. Uh, I did not include in my vows to my wife like you've made a good choice because you know yeah i, right, I yeah. put in the work i put in the work baby. yeah you just yeah. you just lay there and i'll take care of the rest baby. <laughs> and you get that for life you get that for life i don't even care if you get on top i'm, I'm uh, down to smash that's, that's what I put in my vows. That's my it, that's, baby. That's it. That's right. You my know. parents. That was their favorite part of the vows. My parents loved it. 
You know, when I think about our future, all I want to let you know is I'm down to smash. Down, down to, to smash. smash. Down to smash. Now, where are them rings at, son? <laughs> uh, I got work to do. Yeah. So uh, this one I wrote in my notes that it's very synthy production and very processed vocals. And we have this weird intersection of self-pitying pop punk with just a tinge of Linkin Park. Uh, just a tinge. And I will say, I went back to listen to the first SR71 record just to see how much, because I, I, I saw some comments where people were like, oh, yeah, they go way dark. And that's in, we'll get into the songmeanings.com comments about this album. People were like, yeah, they got really dark. And I went back, and it definitely is sunnier. But uh, did have either of you listened to the first SR71 record? No. It, I mean, Lauren, you may, I uh, listened uh, okay. to this one, so there was, right. so there was okay, no part of me that's like, God, I need some supplemental <laughs> content for well, this. I just, I just want to let you guys know oh, that the first You know one, what would round out this experience? Yeah. God, More I need of, to figure out where this dog shit came from. Well, Let's let really fucking dig into it. I'll tell you that the first one is terrible in comparison to this album oh really it's, like what like what about it like what's the i found it to be actually less hooky and the production to be really thin and honestly like a lot of the songs i was like i'm just i thought i like I, I thought i would put it on while i was doing something just to like familiarize myself get an idea and i was just skipping and then i was through right. it i was just like no this is honestly like very unlistenable because i thought if it's close to an American Hi-Fi, a, uh, a All-American Rejects, what have you, like early, you know, mid-career Weezer, like, that's fine. I listen to that stuff all the time in the early 2000s. This should be right up my alley. Maybe this is a missing gem, and then they just took a wrong turn with this record. No, that re it's actually worse. They're actually better here, uh, <laughs> amazingly enough. It's great. So, yeah, so with this one, yeah, I was it, it was, it was noticing, though, but it is noticeably that they are, like, angrier and he's madder on this record like i feel like on the first record he was like i'm in love with this girl but maybe something's up but i'm not really sure and on this album he's like something is up <laughs> i like that there's a continuation to the story yeah. though that's actually yeah. kind of sick yeah that the first like, record is like oh maybe this girl's a little bit dodgy Mm -hmm. And then, the, and then it's like a basically a concept record about how she was dodgy. I got, yeah, news from the yeah. wire. Yeah, yeah. This um, woman's a real piece of shit too. <laughs> uh, the lyric I really didn't like on this one was, "You can turn away like you don't even see me. You can smile and act like you got something I need, but every night you go home alone and dream about being underneath me." Terrible. <sighs> you know Terrible. what? Terrible. I'm gonna call it right now. Not true. I don't. I don't know if any woman has ever dreamed about that, and I, I hate don't think to be so. that. I, I hate to be the sort of gender guy mm. or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, like, like I, I think I think women have dreamt about that, but it's certainly not about the guy they just left. No, <laughs> no. they're never like like if a if if someone cheats on you and they're mm -hmm. with another guy, right? They don't go home at night and go, God, God, it'd be so good to be back underneath Ted. <laughs> I long exactly. for the days of being underneath him. Oh, uh, yeah. This so, guy doesn't uh, know how to lay the pipe. Yeah, he doesn't know how to lay the pipe. Mm. I, I know you're dreaming about me because I could bring the dick. Uh, so songmeetings.com, uh, not a lot of comments, but some very worthwhile ones. This one's from a stereo. I'm assuming it's a sentient stereo who created an account. They said, I think it's just about a guy wanting a girl really bad, and he knows he'd be a whole lot better 
than what she has. He wants her to realize it and see how much she means, much like what I'm wanting right now. So things got a little personal with Asterio there at the end. A little twist ending of like, uh-oh, Asterio is relating to these lyrics? Asterio, I hope everything worked out for you. And then Perfectly Flawed 26 said, I like the lyrics, but I actually hate listening to the song. <laughs> that is crazy. That's insane. That's I would crazy say... that the lyrics are what you're pulling out of this. That's crazy. That's insane. I a wish it were flawed... like just a poem that I could read. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I, want, no I want none of the music. Yeah. Just this guy's this guy's writing to uh this guy's writing to SR71 on MySpace. Hey, is Mitch planning on releasing a book of poems anytime soon? <laughs> That's more what I'm interested in. Is he got has he got anything jewel adjacent? I love the way he thinks. Love mm. what he says. And I just want more of it on paper. Yeah. Yeah. I want if you could just bind this i need this in a spine this needs a spine <laughs> this needs a yes. publishing company involved yeah perfectly flawed 26 i would say aptly named all right next up matt we got the first single from the album it's called tomorrow This is obviously why I got the new metal genre tag because that is a straight Linkin Park lift. Almost I'm gonna say like I, I, Matt, Matt, can you just play the beginning of Crawling real quick? Sure. <laughs> What a song. What mm. a song crawling is. Oh, yeah. Give it to me, baby. There we go. Same song. 
you guys remember the behind the music where they SR seventy one was in the closet with <laughs> no, 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 do you remember, no do you remember there was there was an uh, there was a behind the music for the band Warrant. And okay. I'm pretty sure it was the band Warrant. And they said, When did you know that time was up for you at being a relevant band? And they said it was we went to our label to turn in our new record and there was a giant poster for Allison Chain's dirt. And he's like I knew we were no longer a priority. I knew things had changed. And I got to believe that Mitch heard crawling and was like, fuck. <laughs> and he's we like, gotta go. we got to go. We got to go. We got to hurry. Get in the car. Get in the car. Everyone get in the car. We got to hurry. We got to copy the song. Stat. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Now, it's funny is that the lyrics, this lyric here. Is it any wonder why I'm scared? If I was a little younger, would I care? Feeling like the walls are growing stronger. I don't know if this cage can hold me any longer. Is he talking about his worry about being an aging man in the rock star world, being pushed out by these young punks with their spiky hair mm-hmm. and their turntables? That's- I mean, Mitch Allen might be younger than Linkin Park, maybe. I mean, we don't <laughs> we don't know that, but we don't know. But yeah, um, I mean. I don't well, believe I'm, his. There's no birth date. On yeah, no. His, I'm looking uh, now, and it doesn't yeah. seem to. It's got nothing here. But yeah, I mean, I'll say this though: pretty good song. It's I mean, not if, bad. You're, if you're gonna if you're gonna rip off a song, "Crawling" right. pretty good song to rip off. Uh, you know, Brian always bugs me on POD Cast about songs being John Core, um, and that was my like note for this: is that like this song is painfully John Core. It just is like. Yeah, it's just like a well-executed poppy metal song that um, was that's great. It just like it's not well, it's not great, but like it just for me, it, just, it scratches an itch, right? Yep, I mm-hmm. could listen to this song all day. I would have no if this was on a new metal playlist, I would never skip it. I would just be like, yep, great, sounds good. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, well, this was the one that I think was initially sent to us to listen yes, to because I remember this video. Yes, so this video. And this is the video of which you made the comment about rubbing one out to. The video's hot. The video's hot as hell, baby. video. I had to get my little pecker out. (laughs) This video. um, I wrote down a breakdown of this video. Mitch walks in on his girlfriend hardcore making out with a guy. Like Like, hardcore. Like their tongues, everything's happening. I wrote they are devouring each other's faces. Yeah, like everything I, is happening. She has a Monroe piercing. It's mm-hmm. in danger of being dislodged. Like yeah. that's how heavy we're going here. One of them is about to just unhinge their jaw and swallow the other one whole. Yes. Then Mitch. So then she realizes Mitch is there, and it takes her a minute because they're in the zone. And by the way, she notices Mitch. She stops kissing the guy. He's like, "Fuck this other guy." I don't. Give Was a that shit. zone? The bone zone? Absolutely. They're oh, getting absolutely. into the bone zone. They're getting ready for the bone zone. And it's weird, too, because the start of the video is disorienting because at first I thought it was Mitch. I thought mm-hmm. Mitch was getting down. I was like, yeah. oh, hell yeah. Lead, leads, lead boy's getting, you know, he's hired a girl to get down with him. Yeah. You know, but, but then no, but then no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mitch looks completely stunned, and he is so stunned that for a second he can't figure out how to get out of the room. And I don't know if this was that it was just bad directing and he was like or or good acting on the part of Mitch that he's just so stunned by this betrayal that he's like he's standing next to the door he just came in 
And he looks like he's like, he's forgotten what a door even is. He's so betrayed. Eventually he gets out of the room. She does not pursue him. Cause that's the other thing. I feel like we've seen a lot of videos where somebody walks in and somebody cheating on him. And then the, the cheaty will chase after the cheater, the cheater. Well, there'll be some chasing going on. She stays. She's like, I'm getting devoured over here. We're in the bone zone. Bye-bye. And so Mitch leaves. And um, that's when I start to get hard as hell. And <laughs> right he there. Into, I'm just like, they're, they don't even give a shit. She doesn't yeah. even care. She's like, you know what, ex-boyfriend? Watch, watch this. Watch this. Mitch gets into a car and he drives away. And then the rest of the video is him haunted by backseat phantoms of his girlfriend making out with the guy, along with memories of her and him, of, of him, of Mitch and his girlfriend fighting. And then at one point he is sadly singing. masturbating. Well, this is the part where I, I think I sent in an email to you, John, that he's like the most cucked man alive because he chooses to have a shot in this video where he is under this couple, under this man who is making out with his girlfriend and He's singing at the camera, but the the perspective is such that we are well aware of this man's crotch, which, based on the level of making out going on, houses a massive erection. So, I mean, who knew that all along the dream about being underneath me was Mitch's? <gasps> Projection. Makes you think. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the Mitch is in this car, um, and he is, after being haunted for a bit by these memories of the girlfriend uh, he then just random people start flickering in and out and i wrote down as many as i could catch i caught teens military soldiers punkers cheerleaders an asian man a black man and then multiple mitches and then this is all intercut with shots of the band rocking out in a dark room and they are all dressed um they all look they they were dressed by somebody who was told rock star in quotes so it was like you get a couple extra necklaces some wristbands some layers um mitch's hair i don't know if you notice mitch's hair uh, john but at one point it looks like he has a full head of hair and they were like what if you put another head of hair on top of it so stack the hair big hair he's got some big hair going i on. these guys yeah they they looked it, to me they they looked like such generic rock stars like it looked like they were it was it looked like if you were watching a TV show and the characters in the TV show were going to a rock concert this would be the band that was playing at the rock concert mm-hmm. in like uh like an episode of um you know desperate housewives or something yeah if it's yeah. like oh we got to go to we got to go see this rock show it's like this band and then and then it's this band yeah very wild video. This song also reminds me a little bit of the first single off of Crazy Town's Dark Horse album that also attempted to Linkin Park it up. And I believe they came out around the same time. Maybe. maybe. Can't I can't say I, sh- I chased that dragon either. Yeah. I listened uh, to The Gift of Game and I had a similar feeling to this where I was like, I don't need any more of, I don't need any supplemental Crazy Town content. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, right. all right. Fair enough. You could have hit pause and listened to a whole other album. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good yeah. point. Uh, songmeanings.com had a couple good comments. This one's from Adima69. So you know they're for real. 
Um, they said, wow, the sound of the song is so different from the old SR-71. I saw them live in cow- in concert, although it's not spelled right, back in 2001, and they were amazing. I'm really looking forward to their next tour. If anyone knows when they'll be coming to Chicago, please email me. My email is adema69 at cornkids.com. Yes. Wow. So, so when, if you know if, if Mitch is doing a solo show in Chicago, email adema69. Mind Dazed said, personally, I like the new SR-71 sound. It's a lot harder, but who am I to judge? This is the only song I heard off the upcoming album. Just curious, but has anyone actually heard other tracks off the Tomorrow album? Because I haven't. Someone up there must be keeping their shiz really tight. And I, I love the idea of like the leak police being like, keep this SR-71 record on lockdown. Only travels in briefcases. <laughs> like... Okay, this uh, this comment threw me for a loop. It's from Slugs in the Fields. They said, these guys sold out. It's an okay song, but compare this to their earlier stuff, and they sold out. Sellouts, in all caps. And then people were like, I have to defend. So, Mafia Man 13 said this song is simply amazing for the poster up there who said they've sold out you simply don't know what you're talking about changing your image slash sound is not selling out however changing it to be played on the radio or be more popular is which they didn't do Mm -hmm. uh mafia man i think you're wrong i do believe this was definitely written to be played on the radio no question absolutely No no question Finally, Time Skip Hanabi said, I'd give this... Oh, they, they posted two things. They said, song meaning. It's talking about he was outcasted and how he feels he's being pressured over everything. Okay? And then they said, I give the song a three and a half stars. Nothing against the sound. I mean, it's really good. But in some parts, it sounds like Linkin Park. Which, who could blame them? Linkin Park is amazing. I love SR-71, so its word rating would be great. I've never experienced this level of ratings. A number rating and a word rating? And a word rating. That's actually... That's kind of revolutionary. I just love that we have no idea what the scale is. (laughs) I don't know. I give this three and a half stars. Out of what? We don't know. And it's a word rating of great. So, Which feels high. Great feels <laughs> great. higher than three and a half to me. Is it three I and a half out of four? Out of then? four, like Star Search rules? Yeah. Like, well, then it, it's got to be right. If three and a half is great, then what's four? Stupendous. Yeah. Exemplary. Excellent. Exempli- yeah. Exceptional. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. You know John, what's unbelievable? Would, oh. We haven't mm-hmm. gone to the next song. <laughs> All right. Okay. Next song, Matt. What do you got? Next My song. world. Oh, what does shit. that mean? No. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds trouble to me. This guy's on the road. Usain Bolt has fallen asleep at the wheel. What is happening? It's even more dangerous than normal. Yeah. Me and you fall asleep at the wheel. Bad news. Yeah, we're both slow guys. 
Who cares? Cause he's been inside of you. Been inside of you. Was this song, oh. this song, Jesus, fuck, ah. Matt, Matt, channel your inner Megan and go in. I, what I don't, like, it's, it's a song written for pussy. Like, that's what this is. Like, <laughs> it, we're writing this song to try to get laid. Like, that's what it screams to me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what everybody likes. This is. This is what somebody who doesn't know, who has doesn't have any life experience, it's going to be there, and I'm going to finish the show, and I'm going to show up, and they're going to be, like, blown away. I'm going to be like, you know, my world is about people like you. And it's like, uh, is it? Is it really, dude? Is it? No, it's not. Um, Matt, if you were to give this a word rating, what word would you give it? <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Ugh. It, it, it's an ug. It's an ug. Okay. An ug. That's an ug. Uh, it's, uh, John. This was this was this was uh, giving yellow card uh, to me. Mm. It sounded very much like a yellow card kind of B side without the fiddle. But you know they did a lot of this sort of slow ver. And I like yellow card. I should say. Well, I like Ocean Avenue. Uh, everything else is sort of whatever. But they were they love to do this where you would do quiet loud but the loud was also not very loud they, they love yeah. to do that sort mm-hmm. of like yeah. really just praise sort of a, and worship chorus here like yes big time like a plinky verse and then a sort of explosion but the explosion is like a roman candle like it's not a big mm-hmm. thing and i just thought uh overall the the only other note i had about it was that it is very bold i think to start a rock record where the first three songs are, I got cheated on. God, I got this girl left. This girl left me for another dude. Like that's just, just a bold way of starting an album to me. Like there's no sort of not that you have to be like tough in rock and roll or whatever, but it is just very funny. Like you said, just a big cock. Just like yeah, here's just three songs in a row about how I, I this I want this girl and I can't have her and not only can I not have her but another guy is plowing her, which he literally says in this yeah. song. Uh that that lyric I wrote in my notes very unappealing. That would be my one word <laughs> my my one word rating. Yep. Unappealing. I the line is when I look at you I see him staring through a wink and smile cuz he's been inside of you. Like I like that he's he's giving this guy more credit. We don't know this guy that she's with now. He could be a totally nice guy who would not do this. But she's like this guy who's fucking you know. If he saw me, he would. He's as sleazy as me. He'd give a wink and a smile. Yep. Like, dude, come on. This uh, not great. The other thing though is I was thinking about like thematically because you're saying like we're talking about like songs about being cheated on what have you because i feel like there are a lot of bands that do this i feel like there's a lot of fallout boy songs that are in the same vein but fallout boy this is gonna sound nuts is way edgier than this for like, sure fallout boy oh, has songs yeah. where they're like i'm so mad at you that i'm like gonna kill you like people you know what i mean like i mean not saying that's good but it's just like fallout boy there's- are just like a little more hardcore 
Yeah. It's also just there's something about the voice, right? Like mm-hmm. it's different when you've got like like what like Patrick mm-hmm. is fucking all over the place. His yeah. voice is, sounds insane. It's a little bit different than when it's like <laughs> It's soft. Yeah, it has like it makes you sound like a wimp. Like he sounds mm-hmm. wimpy in a way that like other emo guys to me do not sound wimpy, I would say. 20 years earlier, it's an air supply song. Like For sure. Like, yes. What great. are we doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. The the edge has been dulled. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people in the comments, there were a lot of crazy comments for this song. I had to call a lot of them. A stereo came back to say, this is the perfect song for my, per- my current situation. Rough things for a stereo right now, man. Um, hope you're okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bell magus starts off with this song. Isn't as known as it should be. I will analyze it now. Okay. Roll up our sleeves. Let's go. This dude, he's lost her and hell he needs her back. That's it. That was the analysis. That's wow. all he had. Yeah. Okay. That's it. But then JetsX110 said, I have a few questions. What do the lines, the fastest man in the world, fast asleep at the wheel mean? <laughs> and how about, I can still find the smell on my clothes and skin. What smell is he talking about? And I was like, I read this and I'm like, eh, I mean, I was like, you ever kiss a girl? Like, yeah, I mean, that what? part of it, I, I get the second part. I the, get that. The, I agree. I'm with you, Jets X110, <laughs> on the fastest driver thing. I get, I'm with you right there, baby. I yeah. have no clue what that means. Uh, but yes, the, the whole smell on the skin and clothes thing, I think just got to well, get out there. You got to get out there, man. Yeah. So then two people attempt to answer these questions. Uh, Armodawa oh, says, Jets X one one zero the smell thing. I think he's referring to the girl's smell. You know how everyone has their own smell. Yeah, when I was seeing this girl, whenever I was on my way home, I could smell her on me. It was really nice at the time, but I think you only really notice it and think about it in that way when the person is special to you. Beautiful, great, great. Then Sky Explosion says, Armodog. Da- oh, I'm sorry, that's Armodog. Sorry, uh, Armodog is right about smell. One time, after me and my girlfriend snuggled up on the couch, she went to work. And later she said, like, I smelled my shirt later and said to myself, it smelled sweet like you do. The lyric was probably supposed to show how he, uh, how, uh, he, uh, how close he was to her because something like that, not really. Uh, okay, <laughs> this falls apart. Like, I don't know what this person is trying to say at the end. Okay, the fastest man in the world, fast asleep at the wheel. In my opinion it's meaning this guy goes through his life without caring or thinking about anything in deep meaning or important and everything just goes by fast then she comes into life making it all change and parts of the song sounds like his life has come crashing down signifying a approaching crash imo no, I don't think that's it i don't think that's it either i don't think that's it i don't i don't know what it is i don't have an answer but like that, that somebody did that, those mental gymnastics go, mm-hmm. ah, he's a wounded bird. And I, you know what I can do? I can fix him. And you know what he goes? Yeah, you can fix something for me. And that's what I don't fucking like. <laughs> uh, Matt, what do we got next? Uh, hello. Hello. 
What is happening? What are we listening to? Honestly, honestly, I gotta say it. Give this to Avril. She'd knock it out of the park. I agree. I agree. This one sounded like Switchfoot uh, to me. Ooh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Which I don't, uh, I don't like. Um, but um, I also just wanted to say I love that he threw in the lyric about the undertow. Uh, mm. Bands like that—they love to throw in the undertow. Bands love that. I'm drowning in the undertow. Like they love, they love oh, that yeah, word that's un- true. undertow. It's just a great, great three-syllable word. They're drowning. They're the fastest man is underneath the undertow or whatever the fuck. Mm. Anyway, yeah. the, as- uh, the asleep yeah. man drives his <laughs> yeah, sleep, f- his sleep-driven car into the yeah, undertow. That's he's right. Dead. He's that's dead right. now. Oh, uh, no. John, what's your what's your one word rating for this song? Oh, my one word rating for this song is um, my one word rating for this song is uh, never again. Okay, so that's <laughs> is that I've is that two stars? One star? That is no, that's a z- that's a zero from zero. me. That's a zero stars in this one. This is uh, I mean, I think I think overall, like I I don't like this album, but I think there are some songs that have some redeeming qualities here. Um, and this is not one of them. This mm. is just like this is so forgettable. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy how how just sort of bland and just like right down the middle this song is. I I hated it. Uh, so this was an interesting one for me because I initially wrote in my notes that I thought the song might be from the POV of a mailman, and then I found the lyric to the images that made you feel at home. Now it's funny how we find out how age can change a man confused but now i understand so now we're talking about the theme of aging it's coming up again and i just gotta believe that this guy was like just put out that one record he went out there and he just saw all these people younger than him doing better and he was like am i a dinosaur and the thing now is that here he is working with demi lovato and and younger artists but also pitbull who i believe is probably the same age as him although a truly ageless man there was there's definitely some reckoning here i I think this is the perfect time john to talk about this interview at metal sludge let's do it let's talk about it demi Um, lovato was 10 when this record came out by the way holy shit so this interview was conducted uh, there's no author listed it says we last talked to mitch on January 9, 2000, it's almost three years later, and SR71 has a new CD out. Mitch emailed us a month ago about doing this interview, so we sent him off some questions, and here they are. Um, now, can we just yeah. stop right there? Yes. D- am I reading this right, that he emailed them to be like, hey, you should interview me? Absolutely. You read okay. that correctly. Yes. Love, love that. That's mm-hmm. uh, incredible. I've read so many new Metal interviews, and I have never heard of that in my life. Someone being like, "Hey, you got to interview me, though." Listen, the hustle is real. Also, I'm. This, does this mean that Mitch is his own publicist? Yep, sounds okay. like it. 
Um, because I can tell you what, these answers to these questions were not written by a publicist. These were definitely a publicist has never seen these. <laughs> no. A publicist never saw this mm-hmm. before this went to print. Or absolutely, to absolutely not. I can tell you that the Hotmail account that he was sending this off of, he's the only person that had the password. Um, all right, I'll start off with uh, this one. Uh, the new album seems a lot more aggressive and angry <laughs> than the last one. What's that all about? Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll read the questions, and then, John, you can be uh, Mitch answering. All caps, okay. by the way. These are all caps. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, do you want to read the question again? Yeah, I'll so read it again. Can, uh, yeah. The new album seems a lot more a- aggressive and angry than the last one. What's that all about? Two years of being called pussies. That's what that's all about. Sorry, I'm, I'm, he wrote it yes, in all caps. Yes, so I'm perfect. Yell here, yeah. Perfect. I love it. We were. Uh, t- can you tell us your best uh, drunken Butch Walker story? We were backstage after the Bon Jovi concert in Atlanta, Georgia, when Richie Sambora walked into our dressing room. Butch was so drunk, he walked straight up to him and said, Tico, you were great tonight, man. Uh, um, I like this one. Rate the following singers on a scale of one to ten. One being somebody who totally sucks, and ten being a vocal god. Rob Halford. Okay. He doesn't yell here. So oh, yes, okay. Not nine. Awesome vocal range. Janie Ra- Janie Lane. Five. Brett Michaels. Ten. I want to produce the next Poison CD. Ralph Sands. <laughs> I think this who? is a good answer. Yeah. Who? I, I don't know who this person is either. I agree with this answer. Uh, Dave Grohl. Ten. Nobody screams like Dave. Okay. Now, this is where things get interesting. Derek from Sum 41. One. Tone deaf motherfucker. Got him. Okay. okay. Mark McGrath. Six. Great front man. That is that is faint praise. That is uh, Aretha Franklin being asked about Taylor Swift, beautiful gowns. <laughs> That's six, great front man. Ooh, okay. Paul Stanley. Ten, kiss rules. Okay. Vince Neal. Eight, when he remembers the words. <laughs> and finally, Steve oh. Percy. Five, great wardrobe. Mm, another wonderful gowns. Yes, hit him with the wonderful gowns. Let's see. How much was your biggest rock-related check for, and what did you do with it? Well, I don't really want to talk too much about money, but let's just say I'll be knuckle-deep in hookers and blow for a very, very long time. Rock and roll answer. All right. Um, it's knuckle deep and blow, by the way. That seems oh. the, the wrong way to do it. Dude, I start, I've been fingering cocaine for so long. <laughs> Sweet lady cocaine in me. Oh, man. Is, is this cokehead, Matt? Oh, you ever put your dick in cocaine? Oh, I haven't. Matt, oh, wow. When it is that gets the way? In, when it gets in that pee hole, it goes up to your brain. Wait, Matt, are you laying pipe to coke? Well, I'm amazing at laying pipe. You know how every person who says they're amazing at laying pipe is. So uh, Matt, uh, well, please enjoy your continued relationship with a brick of cocaine. And please um, enjoy this next song, which is exactly what I said. It's called Truth. <laughs> I feel like I have to stand and salute for this song. All the colors in my mind. Black has made me see, but the truth has made me blind to the fears, to the lies. 
Jesus Christ. Uh, Matt, is that your word rating for this song? <laughs> yep. Oh okay. my God. Oh my God. You know what it makes me think when I'm hearing this? It's what does like, it make you think of? Coming to Broadway, a new metal musical that's <laughs> really going to change the world. So, um, I was reading a little bit about this song, and then John, you texted me about this song, and I was honestly, when you sent me this message, I was a little bit in denial about this, but you pointed it out, and you said that you watched, you listened to this album on YouTube. Yeah, and so, the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, it it just blew me away. So, so I'll tell you this. So, I so yes, so this album is not on streaming services. So I was just uh, playing it through a YouTube playlist, and um. When it got to the video for this song, it actually said the title of the video was SR71 911 Truth. And I was like, okay, this song is probably not about 911, right? And then the video, the YouTube video starts playing, and it's just like still images from 911, like keep popping up. And I'm listening to the the lyrics, and I'm like, this isn't really about 911. Like, I don't think. I think that this is like the person who made the YouTube video is like putting ascribing this meaning to the song. I don't think it's actually what it's about. Then the chorus starts and it's like in New York City everybody's dying and then I was like, "Oh my god, this song is actually about 9/11. What the fuck is happening right now? Why in 2002 are you writing a song about 9/11?" And also, the thing that's wild about it to me is like the song gets heavy before they start talking about the death or sorry the death thing which feels very odd to me like it's sort of yeah like they change it it's like it's kind of this like sort of and where d- the dust is on the ground and everything is like sort of muted and then as soon as the big chorus kicks in it's like we're all bathed in gasoline and we're on fire and everybody's dying and you're like what easily the worst day in recent american history yeah like it's just so crazy to me that that's how you like accelerate it's like surprise this is what the song it's like almost like a weird owl song where it's like the <laughs> verse is like setting up the punchline in the chorus it's like sort of vaguely about there's dust in the air and the it's a dewy morning and nobody knows what's happening and then it's like new york city and then it's like oh no wow it is really about 9-11 holy shit never forget I was stunned at this, that it was actually about 9-11. I, I couldn't believe it. And I realized this, this is, Matt, the first time we've actually encountered a song about 9-11. That's 9/11 true. 9-11 is obviously impacting I mean, it looms large in, in the annals ways. of our show, yeah. Yeah, but uh, it has, uh, this is the first time that somebody's actually written a song about it. And you know what? They should not have. Correct. My one word, my one word. Um, What's your one, one word, word review? Rating. Instead of never forget, forget. 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 That's good. Forget. That's good. Well, let's say uh, yeah. uh, goodbye with the next song. 
not believe you when it's pop punk like pop punk is like just wine and i fucking believe you and i don't believe this guy at all like how how is this having a credibility problem how the fuck am i listening to this and not thinking like sure okay whatever but it's like is it too slick for its own good like it's not raw enough because this is overproduced i mean for god's sakes it's got the opening to I Hope You Die from the Bloodhound Gang. Same riffs there. Then mm-hmm. th- it sounds like a Sum 41 song. But, like, I believe Sum 41 more than I believe this goodbye song. All right. So, SR71. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Sum 41. This question here from MetalSludge.tv. Dave from Sum 41 told us in his 20 questions... As we approached the bus, we were intercepted by Bitch Allen, who said, Listen, I don't know why you guys have a hard-on for a fucking beatdown, but SR-71 won't even waste our time with you. How much have you sold this week? We reply, 3000 He interjects, Really? We sold 10 times that three weeks in a row. In fact, it looks like I'll be too busy hanging a gold record on my wall to even think about you little shits. Well, you're stuck on the bottom of my shoe. So go back to your little van, but take a good look at this bus because you'll never see the inside of one in your lifetime. Did it really go down that way? And if so, are you bummed that Sum 41 ended up selling way more records than SR-71? <laughs> and they did get to see the inside of a tour bus? Wow, I wish I would have said that. What I actually said was, who are you F-slurs, and would you please get your hand off my ass? By the way, which one is Dave? (laughs) Just like possibly one of the worst clapbacks of all time. And also, uh, Dave from Sum 41 sounds cool as hell here. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a (laughs) classic. Here's what what a tour bus looks like. You'll never see the inside of one is a great, (laughs) is just a great line. That's a classic Uh, got him. mm -hmm. And then he's asked then, who's the most overrated band today and why? Are you kidding me? Sum 41. They write songs for six-year-olds and they can't fight for shit. Plus, they're still bitching about an ass beating they got two years ago. What's the Canadian word for pussies? Mm. Mm. Back to you, John. John. What is the Canadian word for pussies? Oh, great, great question. It is uh, pussy. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. I was expecting to. I was from Quebec. 
I was expecting us to get dunked on and saying American. Yeah. No, no, no. We like you guys. You're fine. You're cute no. down there. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so there is major beef here um, between major. these two bands. Um, I have a feeling it's probably because they want to sound like them so bad. They're next to each other in the CD racks. And yep. they probably what probably happened is that Mitch probably went to his local um, his local Sam Goody or um, what, what was the hot record store in Canada in the uh, early 2000s? H- HMV. HMV. So, so yeah. it's, it's a a British it's a British uh, store that that yeah they were the they were the big one here HMV yeah. So yeah, he went to one of those and he went to the S's and he found plenty of copies of the SR seventy one CD and he and oh, there was one copy left. Of some 41s, all killer, no filler. And he was pissed. He's just jealous he never wrote a song as good as Fat Lip, it seems. No, no, absolutely not. He didn't write a song as good as like 20 some 41 songs. Uh, So, yeah. yeah. Um, And uh, I will say, I won't read, there's a lot of comments, but a lot of people related to Goodbye. Um, I know you don't want. I think it's the, I, I think it's one of the best songs on the record. I, I think that this is like to me this is the best version of this band. Like if you if you cuz they're clearly trying to do different bands on here. Like there's some stuff like I said sounds like we've we've mentioned Yellow Card, we've mentioned Linkin Park, we've mm-hmm. mentioned Sum 41, we've mentioned All American Rejects. I think there's some songs on here that yeah, Switchfoot. Like I think they're all they're kind of doing different things. Uh, but this is like I think the best version of this band. Like I think if the entire record was songs like this and Tomorrow, I would not have hated it so much. But like the breakdown in this is pretty good, where he's like doubling the kick pedal and like it's got a you know it's like a little bit juicier, a little fatter. Um, yeah, I, I again, it's not like I'm saying it's a world beating song, but I just think if the whole record was in this direction, I, I would have liked it more than having the sort of softer stuff also sort of peppered in there. Okay, one word rating. One word rating for goodbye. Mm-hmm. Hello. Oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hello. All right, Matt. What we got next? Oh, uh, she was dead. Oh no. From the rest, but I didn't hear her talking. I was staring at her chest. And I wish I would have listened because I think I might have seen the signs. Tell me this isn't a fucking rock opera that they put on Broadway. Maybe it starts off, off, off Broadway, and like you're sitting there because a friend of yours is in the show, and or you're you're on a first date with somebody who's like really into this, and now you're sitting there, and this is happening. And you're like, uh-oh, how long is this show? What's funny about this song is that, um, not taking into account the lyrics, it sounds like a Sum 41 song. Big time. Big time Sum 41. Like, immediately I was like, I wrote my notes, fake Sum 41. That's what I got from this. What's really crazy is that this song, from what I can tell, is and based off this comment from uh, Kilmonian, who said uh, that it's self-explanatory. The guy liked the girl for her looks and didn't realize how bad a match, now high maintenance the girl is. Now he's annoyed with her as she nags more. He wants to hurt her back. 
and that's like what a concept there like we've had all these songs about like i want to get back and then he talks about like here he is with a girl and he's like yeah um i just got with her because she was hot but then she opened her mouth how is this appealing how is this appealing megan i get it i see you you are seen megan i get it uh, my one word rating for this song is nuh there's a hyphen connecting them. it this song made me uncomfortable like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I genuinely don't, I mean, yeah, you, you guys have been through this too. Like I cover new metal for a part of my living and, uh, this is like up there with the most uncomfortable I've ever felt listening to a song. It was so dreadful to listen to. Uh, I think I said this to you, Lauren, like this, this song made Glassjaw seem feminist. Um, <laughs> yes. like it's just, it's just crazy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, I thought she was different than the rest, but I didn't hear her talking. I was staring at her chest. That's the start of the song. So that's already like very bad. And I wish I would have listened. And this is the best part. Like, cause you would think that maybe the swerve is, I wish I would have listened cause she was like a great girl. And then, and then I let her get away. Like, that's where I thought it was going was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, uh, I fucked up. You know, I was just thought she was really hot. And then I got jealous and I let her go. And I wish I would have paid more attention because she was also really smart and funny and nice to be around. But instead it was like, Oh no, she's a dumb bitch who like pissed me off whenever she spoke, but she had a great rack. So who cares? Like it was just, and then this line is so fucking brutal. She's been pushing every button. She's been working every nerve. I've got something she can swallow. It sure as hell's not my pride. And what's going on with this Sondheim delivery that's happening in the in the verses as well? Matt, he's just got to get them out as quickly as possible. And he yeah. and you know what? Sometimes we always say steal from the best. Steal, steal from the best. Steal from the he's best. He's stealing baby. from old Steve, baby. He's like Listen, you guys, I got a, I got one that's really gonna fuck up the game, and I'm stealing from old Stevie San. It's uh, I'm stealing from company. Here we go. Not yeah, getting married today. Yeah, <laughs> it's also just the like the idea of I'm gonna make her wish she was dead. What it? Wh- what do you mean? Just what leave does that the mean? fucking relationship, asshole. Yeah, mm-hmm. be explicit about this. And then I also do like that he calls his friends his homies. Of course, of course, it does. Like a classic. Right. Oh yeah absolutely 2002 white guy move Mm -hmm. uh he also makes a comment that she's a bad driver he's like i can never hang out with my homies and then he's like i always think i'm gonna die when she whenever she's behind the wheel i was like on top of everything else you're gonna criticize her driving it's tough and then also what's with all these weird i mean as far as i know you're the fastest man alive asleep (laughs) behind the wheel that's why she's (laughs) driving bro because if you're driving they're dead Okay, she's got her eyes out she there. She's trying to be get dead. you there. Yeah. Uh, what a Maroon uh, Five song. She will be dead. Be dead. <laughs> well, Maroon Five took a turn. Um, Matt, what do you got next, buddy? This is a fucking swing. The best is yet to come. Okay.
to every brick wall It's not as far as you can go The road is twisting, turning A life is living, learning There's so much more for you to know That band was called My Chemical Romance because they did this way fucking better. Uh, I know. This predates My Chemical Romance. Yes. And I like the idea of them hearing this and going, we're going to fix this. We can this fix was, this. Uh, this was heavy dashboard for me. This is mm. uh, as, as dashboard confessional as it gets. The huge <laughs> drumming is like dashboard to the maximum. Uh, I do love the hubris to write uh, or to do seven songs before this one, six of which are about how you wish the bitch was dead and one is about 9-11. And then you're like, ah, but the best is yet to come. You don't, don't even know, girl. Worry. You don't even know. Wait, don't the, even best, know. the best is still yet to come. I've got all these... I've got all these women behind me, and, mm. and by the way, when I'm using the B word, I'm I'm in Mitch's I'm in Mitch's head. Okay? You're in Mitch's. It's not, yes. not John Cullen using the B word. Don't Mm-mm. come after me. I'm just Absolutely that's not. that's basically what this album is. And then he and then you just throw in a four and a half minute dashboard style ballad about how good life is going to be. It's like no, I think I've seen the movie. I, I've seen the trailer. I'm not interested in seeing the movie. This one, let me, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, one word r- rating of this song. For me? Yes. Uh, dashboard. It just has to be dashboard. I, I mm. couldn't, I could not separate it. It sounds so much like Vindicated and other, da- it's just, yeah, I couldn't get it out of my head. Uh, That's for, my one word. For me, this one was, it. I, I really just have like a lot of American hi-fi on this record, so I kept hearing that a lot. Um and but it sounded like it was like under a heavy layer of gunk and so my one word review of this song is gunk 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 that's a good that's a good um one. yeah uh going back briefly to that interview there was they asked him so many questions i'm gonna say this they asked him too many questions like yeah, I, it sounds like the thing is 20 questions but then a lot of the questions have multi-parts have yeah like th- this like question 12 is like 10 questions <laughs> yeah, yeah they ask him like last cd you purchased uh, pulled play a rush of blood to the head <laughs> yep the fact that these are all like all caps just screaming <laughs> Screaming the Cold whole play, time. a rush of blood to the head. A rush of blood to the head! I mean, honestly, this one, John, I got to hear you. Hey, last movie yes. you saw? Goodfellas? Watch it once a week. <laughs> Just the, that right there says all. I If it were Scarface, I would not have been surprised. Well, we got to do, and Lauren, we got to do the next one, too, because this is okay. such a funny... Yeah, this is this is the best is yet to come of yeah. this interview. <laughs> Last video you remember seeing on MTV? Some forty one. 
whatever their new song is, great fucking video, but they're still assholes. <laughs> Never letting it go. <laughs> this guy is amazing. amazing. Um, and then uh, one last concert you bought a ticket for. <laughs> Coldplay in Las Vegas. <laughs> Just screaming it. Rush of blood to the head. Uh, <laughs> I caught the parach- I caught the parachutes tour. Um, you know, I want Matt to hear this one. Uh, question fourteen: uh, yeah. What was it like opening for Bon Jovi? Did John or anybody in the band, not Hugh McDonald, hang out with you guys? Fuck yeah. We got to be great friends with everybody in that band, including Hugh. John even invited me on stage in my hometown to sing Dead or Alive with the band. It was my 80s rock star moment. He's the coolest, and I have the utmost respect for him and what he has accomplished. We still keep in touch. Do you believe that Mitch is still in touch with Bon Jovi? Like, he might be because of the songwriter thing, Oh, that's right? true. Yeah, you're right. I, I would say when this interview was done, he was not in touch it with him. There was no chance. No. No chance. But yeah. now, more than likely, he's probably done some sessions. Maybe those songs didn't come out. But yeah. I think so. All right, Matt, what we got? It is called Broken Handed. Broken-handed Superman boy? Yeah. No, Superman, but then hear what she is. Oh, So rough. A crypto nightingale Snow White. So why couldn't he just call her a kryptonite Snow White? Why did he have to put nightingale in there? Crypto it didn't night- fit the melody. Crypto nightingale Snow White. I just, it's up there with the fastest man driving the fallen asleep at the fastest. <laughs> it's like, right. what does any of, what does a broken handed Superman mean? He's the man of steel. His hands could never be broken. Even if they were in this metaphor, what does that even mean? I mean, he's still and, got tough skin. I mean, what he's saying is that he's broken handed because you are a kryptonited, crypto nightingale Snow White. But then Snow White, how does that work into this? Poison apples? I'm with so seven confused. dwarves? I have no idea. It's oh. very confusing. Su- Superman would never hang out with those people. So let's get this straight. He's Superman, okay. and broken he has hand. a broken hand. Mm-hmm. So he needs a Florence Nightingale, who's a nurse, to nurse his hand back to health. But she's also poison to him. And Snow White. And Snow White. Also. Mm-hmm. and pure but poisoned but 
think we might give ourselves brain damage trying to uh, mm-hmm. decipher these lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I mean, trying to think about yeah, this. Yeah, my right one now. word review is thinky. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, really good comment on songmeanings.com for this one, Matt. You'll enjoy this. This is from Deja Vu Dreams 30. Said, no comments yet? That's oh, surprising. <laughs> awesome song. Lots of emotion in the chorus. Seems to a me a- emotion. Are they emotion. a Christian band? Uh, maybe. Seems to me like it's about a man who wants to be a woman's hero, but isn't strong enough. Are you strong enough to be my man? <laughs> Cheryl Crow got it done so easy right there. Man, Man, I wish we could be listening to that song. Oh, man, right? (laughs) Cheryl Crow. She hadn't got any new metal records? I wish. She honestly would have made a great new metal record. I think so. Her and Bonnie Raitt together, I think they could have done it. Oh, baby. That would have been amazing. That's right. Uh, Matt, what do we got next? Up next, we've got Lucky. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck you. That line is unbelievable. I lit a fire on my neighbor's lawn. They were my pawns. Incredible. Is this... Matt, guys, um, uh, John, are you familiar with Fieldy's Dreams? (laughs) Buddy. (laughs) Fieldy's Dreams? Am I familiar with Fieldy's Dreams? We have listened to both... Fieldy's Dreams, Rock and Roll Gangster, and Fieldy's solo bass album, which is called Basically. Yes. So. You've you won out. So we have not listened to that one. This, uh, this Don't. Don't oh. listen to it. It is, I mean, it's exactly what you think it is. It's literally, it's a solo bass record by Fieldy. Holy shit. There's no lyrics. There's no singing. Wait, it's, wait. Is there just is more there other, band? Is there drums? Is there drums? It's, it's like sampling. It's like beats. So it's like so so it'll have like a yeah, it'll have like a eight oh eight beat underneath it, and then it's just fieldy going bout about the beat about the fret rattle. Fret rattle. Fret rattle yeah, it's just constant fret rattle. And the cover is insane. It's like it's so funny. It's, it's literally the white just like co- the, it's a white cover with a picture of him, right? No, it's Hold it's on. I'm looking no, this it's up. a Shit. it's a it's the headstock of a base, uh, and it looks so bad. It, it genuinely here. I'll show you. I, fa- I found it. Gen- it. it genuinely oh my God. looks like, oh my God. Uh, like a world music kind of. Yeah, he's got his hand underneath broken strings on the bass uh, fretboard, and then it says "basically" written on the on the fretboard. It, mm. I mean, you just you can't imagine how bad it is. And the, uh, the jo- e Jonathan is... Davis is on one of the songs, and he's he's literally. I don't think he actually sings on it. I can't remember. It's like he brings Jonathan Davis on, but then all he does is just kind of like, like he he doesn't actually sing it. It's crazy bad. Like oh you just God. can't even imagine how bad it is. I would say the font he uses just for his name on the front cover is uh, a crime. Um, 
Oh, it's, well, they had to choose good. that because they had to hand fist the bass <laughs> clef into his name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they crammed it. They had to work really hard. Like, I feel like there were meetings about that. Like, how are we going to make this shit fit? Fieldy wants it. What do we fucking do? It's like, you don't go home. You don't see your family until you figure this shit out. That's how this looks. This looks like it was made under duress. It's... And um, it, it, Everybody involved in that, both making it and listening to it, is under duress. There's no, no question. About it. <laughs> well, um, well, going back to Fieldy's dreams. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, glad to know about, and also not glad to know about. Uh, basically, uh, he says I lit a fire fire on my neighbor's lawn. Uh, that felt very unspecific and vague and also <laughs> dumb. And I was like, this is like child vigilante on yes. Fieldy's dreams. What a song which i mean an all-timer song and i was like the i mean mitch honestly based off this interview mitch and fieldy probably like buds they'd be like buds 100 percent they'd be buds um yeah uh so yeah this one uh i mean what a line i drown my girlfriend in her wishing well i'm not afraid of afterlife hell because i live it every day i'm already in hell and it's funny because like you feel like he hurt enema of the state and was like let me take a crack at that. And I was like, mm, 100%. No. It's so funny to me that the two joke joke songs, This and She Was Dead, are the sort of like super fast speed punky songs, like exactly what Blink-182 used to do when they would, you know, like Happy Holidays, You Bastard, and the one about fucking uh, your dad or whatever. Yeah, right. All those ones, mm-hmm. like they, it's yeah. all... All those songs they have are, are it's just like Blink-182 going... And then it's like... That's what they felt like. Oh, yeah, let's just do like a speedy pop punk song and it's a joke. Huh? Yeah. Terrible. It's very bad. Uh, that's it's your one word rating. Bad. Terrible. Um, terrible. Uh, yeah, I would, I, I'm going to steal yours. I'm going to also put terrible. Um, there's uh, an insane amount of comments. Uh, I cannot believe that there are comments on this song. I mean, this comment from Gonix is this song has to be my motto from now on. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's right. No. Yeah. Um, pawns. Pawns. The pawns. My, my one neighbors. word review. Unlucky that we heard it. Mm. Ooh. Very good. There it Very is, Matt. Good. Matt, do you have any questions? I do. I can, I can ask and answer this one. How respectful of our time is this album? Well, it clocks in at 12 songs, 45 minutes, and 54 seconds. Again, you could have listened to this twice and be on your third run at this point. But, uh, but why would you do that? Because right? you're waiting mm-hmm. for our takes on mm-hmm. this next track called In is. My Mind.
Fuck you. Matt, you didn't even get you didn't even get to the full cliche of the line. The full I, line. The full line. Don't bother. Don't bother. Make this moment make last. This don't let this moment pass. No, Matt. It's make this moment last forever and a day. Forever and a day. And then he says, watching you drive by, not letting you drive away. Listen, I don't want this guy in cars, all right? That's why she's driving by and driving away from you. Cause I, yeah. this song went on forever. It's this the song longest like, song. It, it's so bad. It's like five and a half <laughs> minutes or something. It ends with a guitar solo for some reason. It's like such a sucky ballad. It's like the ballad they would write for a rocker who won American Idol. Mm, um, it's yeah. just like, it's so bad and long and generic. And, but, but this is the one that made me go like, okay, I see how he ended up becoming like a, a songwriter guy oh not because this is a good song mm -hmm. but because no. this is like exactly the type of like instinct that those types of people would have oh this know? is the type of song that yeah if if like bo bice walked out on the american idol stage and did this song simon cowell be like sounds like a hit to me bo bice uh did my world what? Did you know that? Yeah, it's I on the it's, it's on didn't. the Wikipedia. I, yeah, I skipped over Bo's name on the wiki here. My yeah, my it says my world would later be re-recorded by Bo Bice for his debut album, The Real Thing, in which frontman Mitch Allen played guitar and bass. Wow, look at that. Yep. I, maybe so I absorbed it by osmosis. I don't know. You might um, have. Yeah, yeah but the this fact was that you referenced yeah. Bo Bice, probably. Probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I um did not enjoy this song. And it's horrible. Uh, it also sounds like it should be the last song. It like, total and that's exactly what I wrote. Well, I wrote in my non-toxic notes. I was like, I cannot believe they didn't end with the ballad. Well, for some reason he decided there's I'm not gonna end it with the power ballad. I'm gonna end it with a song that was on the first album and I'm gonna do it again. So and you're gonna crazy. sit through it. So I could crazy. not find any explanation for this decision whatsoever. No, me, neither. me neither. Makes that's no sense. sense. <laughs> Matt, why don't you play that one so we can go, we can get out of here. Yeah, um, here, here's the next one. It's called Non-Toxic. from well is that where he's from oh yeah they're from baltimore there you go um this song this though you know what i don't think i realized that it was from their first record and now it makes sense when you say that their first record was way worse than this one because this song sticks out as like very bad in a different way than these other songs are bad mm-hmm well, it's like he decided at the last minute, I can't end it on this sort of glum downer power yeah. ballad. I've got to end it up. And so I'm going to pull the first, because I went and listened, and this one is like a darker version of that song. And yet my notes for the song are, you know who'd crush this? Hillary Duff. 
She knocked Ooh. this shit out. Hillary Duff Hillary knocked Duff. this shit out. Non-toxic, ordinary day. It was also funny. He makes a Superman metaphor in this song. Only uh, three songs past <laughs> the previous Superman metaphor that he made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was like, yeah, th- this would be, yeah, Hillary Duff would knock this out of the park. Um, but at the same time, I could see also Hillary Duff getting this song and being like, I made come clean. Get this out of my fucking face. All right. Get this out of here. Songmeanings.com. This comment from Ball of Learning. I'm going to say you got more learning to do. SR71 is definitely not as known as they should be. All their lyrics are so well written. Man, these people love these lyrics. They want them in a book. It's crazy. It's insane to me. I would need them as a poem. Oh, man. Put them on a spine, baby. And that's the album. That yep. is Tomorrow by SR71. And oh yeah our first <laughs> clap our first clap we've never clapped at the, at the end, end of an end album of before especially this feels one like, like this. uh I, I feel like i'm clapping uh when the plane landed because it was a particularly bumpy flight and i feel like the pilot needs to be rewarded uh, the curtain raises and uh, sr 71 yeah. exits the stage that's right yeah. um matt it's now the part of the show where we talk about cannon talk Talk, Talk about, about the canon. canon. John, you are a guest. We will start with you. I mean, there's just simply no chance in hell that this could be in the new metal canon. It's barely new metal and it stinks. Wow. Beautiful. That's why this is why Cut you're one of the best. This is why you're one of the, the best. Quick. Cuts Sorry, right was I it. supposed to elaborate more? No, no, no. You got it okay. all done. Like, <laughs> you got it all done right there. That was beautiful. Um, Lauren. I wrote, yes. Um, I want to mention real quick that this was a big thrift. I did buy a physical copy of this album. I got it from our boys over at the Declutter store for $5.96. You overpaid. Wow. I sure did. It also showed up completely damaged and broken. Uh, The CD case doesn't even hold together. Yeah. And uh, this is what they look like. Look at these moody boys. I wrote in my notes for this uh, album, SR71, definitely a band without a purpose, they tried to hitch a ride in the new metal train, but not without trying to mix in their pop punk styling, and it just comes across as extra pathetic. If you don't have the heavy music behind it, the whines become too loud to ignore nothing for the canon. Matt Nas. Boy, this sucked. Um, <laughs> I really did not like this. It's it's funny because like as we were listening to it, I will say the first single off of this thing tomorrow tomorrow boy did we get catfished on that one because mm-hmm. i heard that and i was like we i yeah let's do this record put it on the long list i want to hear more and it, i regretted that very quickly on this album um you know the other thing is like i find it very odd that i don't believe anything about this artist you know, I just feel like they all this album proves is that they are the old guy at the party. And it's so weird to me that like Green Day being j- fucking geriatric are more punk believable than SR 71 was in 2001. Like, I don't believe these guys at all. And I feel like if they were just who they actually are, even if they, it is, I'm just a bag of shit, I would like that way more because there are glimmers 
in the album of like competent songwriting, you know, they understand melody and things like that. But it's like, yeah, what you said, Lauren, about like, I walked into the office and there wasn't a single poster of a band I recognized anymore. Like that is what this album is screaming. Like we got to change guys and we got to change quick and we got to find something that works, but it's not them. And whether I like SR 71 or not in any incarnation doesn't fucking matter. But like this album's unbelievable. Like I don't in the worst sense of unbelievable, like I don't believe a fucking word of this album, you know, like, and who's chasing being cucked. Like, like that isn't, I, you know, this, this is the album. This is, I mean, yeah, this is the most cucked album we've ever done. And we've done what? Two stained records. Like, yeah, yeah, this is, this thing is, uh, yeah, really unbelievable. Um, so Matt, you're saying nothing for the new metal. Absolutely not. And you know, if cuck is your kink, I'm not here to yuck your yum, but as an album, it just didn't work for me. Um, before we go out, uh, were there any other um, questions on this incredible Q and A, John, that you wanted to touch on before we roll? Oh, let me take it. Let me take a look. Yeah, maybe there's one we can end off at. Uh, oh, I mean, I think okay, definitely we got to do this. Is a classic number fifteen, mm. se- second one down. Okay, well, these are yes or no's. Has Mitch Allen ever had a threesome in the back lounge of the bus? What do you think? <laughs> No, I think the answer is no. This totally seems like the type of guy that if he had a threesome in the tour bus, would not we shut would know. the fuck up we about would, it. There would be three songs on this record about that. You were two girls at the rest stop at a off ramp on Route 38. Uh, um, and and uh, then the last one we got to do, we got to yes. do number 18. Okay. And this is a, I mean, th- to be fair to the metal sludge guy, this is a vicious question. This, like, this is I, vicious. I will say when I read this interview, there are so many questions in here where I was like, I cannot believe you sent this in an email after Mitch emailed you and said, please, inter-. you know what though? He emailed them and said, please interview me. And they yeah. said, then you better answer everyone yep. motherfucking question. You get what you ask for, baby. Um, yeah. So they um, they asked him, the last SR-71 CD sold around 363,000 units. And this new CD is only at 18,000 as of mid-November 2002. If this album doesn't blow up, do you realize that MCA might say bye-bye to you guys? Holy, unbelievable question unbelievable question shit. this is his this is his answer which is so funny also oh no i think rca realizes that the popularity of the band isn't waning our pop is means waning uh <laughs> the popularity of our band isn't waning our appeal is just becoming more selective My mom Which says is, I'm what an really answer. handsome. My what mom an answer. says I'm what so is, handsome. What an answer. Uh, no, 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 no. People still love us. Our appeal is just a little more selective. <laughs> like the more selective. We're picking the fans now, not the other yeah. way around. Yeah. Oh, all those other cuck bands like Sum 41. Anybody can be a fan of theirs. Not us. <laughs> not us. We got to do tell an extensive you extensive application like us. process to Listen, get into liking our band. You come to buy tickets to our show, and then we get a look at you and go, uh-huh or nuh-uh. And uh, 
We got a lot of nuts. We got a lot of. Um, I got to tell you, it's definitely not Wanning. Um, you know, it's not. It's not. It's not um, uh, and and you know what? I, I we've already asked this one, but I just want to hear John do it again. Yeah. Last CD you purchased? Coldplay, Rush of Blood to the Head. Uh, Coldplay in Las Vegas. Uh, 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 too good. Um. And uh, oh, I didn't see this one. Uh, have you ever had eggs thrown at you? <laughs> oh, let me. Oh, yeah, scrambled with cheese. <laughs> this is uh, this is honestly, this is the best interview we've ever come across. MetalSludge.tv. Head You've on done, over there. They're the, they're the interview masters. And believe it or not, as I wipe these tears from my eyes. <laughs> Um, this is the end of another episode of Roach Coach. Thank you so much for listening. John Cullen, thank you so much for oh. being on the show. Thank you guys for having me. The the New Metal Pod Originators. Ple- a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. John, we can find you on the POD cast. Yes, it is uh, and much like yours, a, a New Metal album review podcast. As you said, we only do one episode a month. It's myself and Brian Quinby, who you may know from uh, formerly of Street Fight Radio. Uh, now Murder X Brian is his Patreon. He's done a lot of great stuff over there. Uh, but yeah, we review one album a month. You can follow us on Twitter at the POD underscore cast. Cast is spelled with a K. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. yeah, you got to do it. And uh, both Lauren and Matt have been guests. We don't have guests on main episodes, but both Lauren and Matt have been guests on bonus episodes of the show. So if you're looking for a starting point and you have $4, uh, you can head on over to our Patreon and uh, get started with the two boys from Roach Coach that you love. There you go. Uh, yeah, so definitely check out the POD cast. Head on over there. Give them a listen. Give them a follow. Great Twitter action. I'm, I'm always taking notes from your Twitter. So <laughs> Thank well you. done. Thank you. We try our best. And um, definitely say hello to us online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Roach Coach on all of those. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Send us some questions, and we'll answer them in all caps, screaming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or not. Coldplay! <laughs> a rush of blood to the head! So until next time, Matt, thank you. Lauren, thank you. John, John, thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Everything you know, you want the friend of all. I'm the burning man.